For the Canadian Society of Physician Leaders, I'm Pat Rich, and this is Leading the Way, the podcast for and about physician leaders. Today, we are continuing to focus on the COVID-19 pandemic in Canada and how leaders at many levels are dealing with it. On today's show, your host, Dr. Johnny Van Aird, Executive Medical Director of CSPL and the current editor of the Canadian Journal of Physician Leadership, will be speaking with Dr. Deborah Boyce. Deborah is President of the Governing Council of the Canadian Medical Protective Association. She is also a family physician in Peterborough, Ontario. Over to you, Johnny. Well, thanks very much, Pat, and welcome, Deborah, and thanks for making the time to share some of your thoughts and your actions with all of us at CSPL. Well, thank you, Johnny. It is my pleasure to join you today. Deborah, you fulfill many roles. You're a family physician, you're a preceptor for trainees, you are a systems leader as president of the CMPA. And so one of the things that I wonder is how these different roles have been impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic. And are there perhaps times that these different roles clash with each other? I think most physicians have several roles, and we are all certainly being tested by the demands of the pandemic. I guess the clashes come around certain points for me. Time management, determining what is a priority and what is the most urgent matter to respond to right now has to be at the top. I've tried to schedule calls and video conferences around my clinical time, but we're all needed in so many ways right now, and the rapid pace of change has just been incredible. I had a trip for the CMPA actually to a meeting in Arizona in early March, so I returned home early from that, and I began all of this with actually a period of self-isolation. So dealing with that and not being able to do my clinical work or to assist my clinic colleagues like I usually would was certainly a challenge. I had to quickly get up to speed and set up for virtual care, and I joined the hours of team discussion to change all of our prenatal care processes. I did all of that from a distance. I guess another challenge that comes to mind is is transmitting what I am hearing at the clinical face of care, the front lines, and in social media. So I need to translate what I can do as CMPA president and what the association can do. I think staying nimble and relevant is important. I always need to consider how a certain detail may impact our physician members, the work being done at the CMPA, the the impacts on our healthcare system. Let me ask a question that many of our members are going to or are wondering about. What has changed for the CMPA and for the docs, the members of CMPA? What has changed as a result of COVID-19? Well, that's that's a a challenging question. You know, as we, we look back over the recent weeks, I think I've realized that we've we've actually taken a multi-phased approach based on what we were hearing from CMPA members. We had certain goals, I would say. We wanted to facilitate the protection of our members and, and their mobility across the country as they looked at how they were being called on to respond to the pandemic. We wanted to provide reassurances of our assistance and clarity on the many questions wherever that was possible. At the CMPA, our first response started before March. 
It started in early January when the first warnings of the pandemic were increasing. We looked back at our experience with SARS and the data we had on that and what our response was then. We created a COVID-19 staff committee, um, but that was developed in January to develop scenarios and to track best practice. And we started to inform and educate the CMPA staff uh, back then. And then I would say in February, it shifted and we added more focus to our member protection. We started hearing from CMPA members who were concerned about their legal protection and how that would be impacted or how their work would be impacted as they were called on to respond. And at that phase, the CMPA made some rapid and significant changes to our membership criteria. You know, Dr. Doug Bell said very early on that the CMPA would not be a barrier to the COVID response by our members. And we continue to think of that when we face these questions. So right away, we decided that there would be no requirement for members to call the CMPA to change either their province of work or their type of work. They can do that when they have time. We created a path for the rapid membership uh, to be reactivated for retired members to come back to service. And we also determined early on that our resident members, they'll be protected for the additional work. And this was all communicated in our first member e-blast that went out to 102,000 Canadian physicians. Then as things escalated, and and that's probably around mid-March, you know, we pivoted and and we changed again, like so many other organizations had, had to as well. There was an exponential growth in our member concerns. They were calling us about personal protective equipment. They were concerned with rationing care and that equipment as well. And they had a lot of other medical legal questions. Very quickly, the CMPA staff uh, created the COVID Hub webpage. We started to develop um, frequently asked questions and those responses. And a cycle of rapidly updating our web articles, those items that members needed to refer to in terms of the kinds of care that that was now more prevalent or, or they'd never done before. And so that rapid updating of our web articles continues even now. Quite uh, a lot of changes. And one of the things that I find interesting is as I talk with um, different physician leaders of different organizations around the country, it is very clear to me that none of these changes happened in the last four weeks or six weeks. Many started in January. Not only that, they started years ago embedded in the values and, and in the mission and vision of the organization. So let me ask you then, you're working in different, in different areas of the Canadian health system. What, what have you, with your different lenses, what have you learned from the pandemic so far? And, and how do you think our healthcare system might be different after the pandemic? Yeah, that's that's hard to say, and and I think it's hard because I really feel that that these are probably still early days. First of all, I I've learned of and I've seen the courage and the resilience of my physician colleagues in the face of significant adversity, and and that has been incredible. I think there are so many stories of people stepping up 
of planning and, and finding creative solutions at every step and every corner of care. We've all had a harsh reminder of the importance of a strong public health care system. That key element needs to be kept in mind. And in the future, when we emerge from this, we're going to have to look back on those lessons and, and figure out how to protect public health. And as you said, we all learned of the need to to be prepared for events like this from SARS and H1N1. We need to do more in the areas of personal protective equipment, preparedness, the supply chain issues that we're now facing, particularly out to the communities. We need to look at how we do varied scenario planning. I think we need to determine the right level of, of both preparedness and responsiveness. And, you know, we have to look at virtual care. We learned how to move to virtual care very rapidly. So this is likely a legacy change of the COVID situation. We will leapfrog the adoption of virtual care when things return, but we're going to have to do a careful review because there are both positives and negatives of of the many changes that we've made. No doubt about it. And as we talk about the system, I... I I see you on the one hand have a ground level view as a practicing family doc, and then you kind of zoom out and go to another level at 30,000 feet, so to speak, where you have a view as the president uh, of the CMPA. When you zoom in and out, when you go to these different levels, do you apply similar values and leadership principles? Well, Johnny, you know, I think leaders, we all work to identify our core values, And we know that when our work aligns with those values, when we're able to realize them every day in what we do, uh, we thrive. So we see that work become more personally rewarding and we all do a better job as well. So I think I've looked for work that lets me live my values and to realize them consistently. Any final thoughts you want to share with your colleague physician leaders across Canada? I think we need to reflect on these very trying times. We need to recognize the uncertainty and and the fear of the unknown. These are times that, that leaders will be called on to calm others and to settle conflict. And it might be conflicting information or ideas or conflict between individuals or groups. If there wasn't conflict, we wouldn't need leaders. So let's step up and sort it all out. Let's be strong, but also be kind. And we need to look out for each other and just stay safe. Wise words, uh, Deborah. Thank you so much, not just for taking the time and talk with us, but also for all the good work you do at the different levels in our health system. Thank you, Johnny. Uh, I've appreciated the opportunity. And please keep, keep speaking to physician leaders. This is important. Thanks very much. Now, over to you, Pat. Thanks, Johnny. And thanks, Deborah. That's our show for today. We hope you are enjoying these podcasts so far. We have more outstanding physician leaders lined up over the next few weeks to talk about how they are coping with the COVID-19 pandemic. We also hope you will subscribe to these podcasts through your favorite podcast platform. They can also be accessed through the CSPL website at physicianleaders.ca. Until next time.